0: Hey, I'm excited to start a brand new series today um, about, it's our Christmas series, it's called The World Needed a Savior, and specifically today I want to talk about peace. That's just really what's been in my heart, and I'm excited to get into that. Um, you know, one of my greatest pleasures in life has been to be able to be a pastor, and the role of a pastor is to be a shepherd, a leader, uh, to walk with people, to walk through life, and you know, uh, that, that's what I do. I'm, I'm in the people business. I'm not in the preaching business I'm not in the, you know, presentation or internet business. I'm in the people business. And so I spent a lot of time with people. And, um, actually this March, uh, will be the the first sermon I ever preached was 30 years ago, this past, this coming March. Uh, so that's, um, I started when I was seven, seven years old. Yeah, I was really young. Um, but that's, that's pretty amazing. But I, and I point that out because I have never seen in all my years of doing this you know spending time with people and being around people talking to people about their lives and sh- and helping people. I've never seen people more stressed out than they are right now. It's a really stressful time for a whole lot of people and it, and it's across the board it's students students are very stressed out right now and, and you know I just want to say this if you're a high school or a college student uh you're going to be okay you know you don't have to stress so much you don't have to worry that. All these decisions that you have to make and all the details of your life have to be just right. I'll go ahead and tell you, you're going to miss some of those. All right. You're going to miss some of those and it's going to be all right because if your heart is in the right place, if you love Jesus, if you're serving Jesus, then the little small details that you might miss along the way are going to work themselves out. If you're old like me, say amen for the younger people. It really is. It's going to be fine. I made a lot of mistakes, but you don't have to be stressed out. Adults are stressed out. They're stressing each other out, you know? And and marriages uh, like if you're in a marriage right now and there's some stress there's some problems right now going on I want to tell you you're not alone I, I mean there's so much stress in marriages right now and you know love each other in spite of mistakes and forgive each other and and understand it's a stressful time and people are making some mistakes false uh, decisions they shouldn't make even little kids are stressed out you know um, I was reading a recent study just brand new this year study. of Americans say they are under prolonged stress. Um, High levels of anxiety, anger, and just sadness. You know, there's a lot of sadness in the world. People just aren't happy right now. A lot of sadness, a lot of stuff uh, going on in our world. And and the truth of the matter is, it's different. You know, a pastor's role, if you read the Old Testament, there's a role uh, of, of, uh, in, in the Old Testament, they lived in ancient cities that were surrounded by walls. And there were super high walls that you could walk around. They would do chariot races around the tops of the walls. And so there would be people stationed on the top of these walls at all times. And there was one guy called a watchman. And his job was to look over the wall and see that the, the place was safe. Is there an enemy force coming into that come in the middle of the night and try to attack? And and his job was like a crier or a watchman. And and the New Testament equates a pastor kinda of like that. His role is to to rise above the details and say, hey flock, people. Here's what's really going on. And and, you know, in in ancient days, there might have been some kind of distraction at the, at this side of the wall that really was noise to try to get everybody's attention focused when the real attack was coming from over here. And the watchman's job was to say, Hey guys, it's really not over there. It's over here. All right. Are you following me? Because that's what I feel like my job is today to tell you that there's a lot of distractions right now. And there's stuff like, like political unrest and anger and, and, and COVID-19, and race relations and all that kind of stuff. And we think rightly that that's the problem and those are real problems. But I'm telling you, that's really a distraction. There's a spiritual battle coming from a completely different place. And, and our problem, our mistake is that we have amassed all of our energy and all of our forces and all of our thoughts over here on an area that really is not the problem. Listen to me, the reason, and, and, and don't, don't, don't hear me saying that race relations don't matter and politics don't matter and COVID-19 doesn't matter. D- those things matter, but those are temporary things. They're going to die with you when you die, okay? Uh, There's an eternal you. Your soul is forever. And the real thing you and I need to be focused on is not these temporary distractions, but the eternal walk with Jesus Christ that we have. And these distractions have been designed from hell to get, our, get us against each other, fighting and arguing and disagreeing and, and judging other people because if they don't, they don't look at the distraction the same way you look at the distraction, there's something wrong with them or whatever. And when we're distracted, we can't fight our real enemy, which is the, the enemy of your soul is Satan, uh, Lucifer. I mean, he is a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And he would love it if you think he's not real. He would love it if you think he doesn't matter. He would love it if you're focused over here when there's something else going on. And we see it in our culture. Man, there is stress everywhere. Two out of three people, 67% in America say they're overwhelmed with stress. That helps me understand. Every three people I see, two of them are frazzled, you know? And what that means is they're not just being stupid on purpose. Is he my freaking out like when people act stupid? I know I'm not allowed to say that, but that's why your kid's supposed to be in kids' church. Okay? Do you like go, why is that person acting that way? Well, they're freaked out, man. Two out of three people are just stressed out and you need to give them a break. You need to give you a break. You need to give the people you love a break. Watch this Uh, recent study of this year, 85% of Democrats are stressed out. 80 keep your opinions to yourself. Everybody's like, I got an answer. 83% of Republicans are stressed out. 83% of independents say they're stressed out. And I say, finally, something we can all agree on. (laughs) We're all stressed out and we're stressing each other out. And can we also agree with me? and I've got the mic, so I'm going to say it the way I want to, that the problem is not Joe Biden, and the problem's not Donald Trump, and the problem is not your spouse, and it's not your boss, and it's not your teacher, and it's not your coach, and it's not your kids. There is a real adversary that has put a target on your life. It's a supernatural spiritual battle, and you're only going to win it through Jesus Christ. No, we're going to block vote and fix this. No, sir. When your solution is earthly, your Savior becomes an earthly Savior. And if your Savior is an earthly Savior, you don't have a Savior. Man, I've seen some people I like to vote for. I've seen some solutions I think I could interject into uh, into cultural problems. That's great. I've never had an idea I loved as much as I love Jesus. Man. I I don't have any solutions that are as wonderful as Jesus is wonderful. I don't have, listen, you can sit, you can ask my wife, you can ask my children, you can watch, if if I'm sitting watching the quote news, and I use that word uh, loosely, if I'm watching what they call the news, I'm talking to them and they're not listening. I'm telling them what they got to do to fix it. I've got a lot of ideas and I've never met one of my ideas that I didn't like. Come on. You're the same way. I'm just bold enough to admit it about myself, okay? But I've never had an idea as good as Jesus. Now, did you hear that word that when they sang "Noel"? And to be fair, it's the third time I've heard it this morning. So for me, it was a little bit more awesome because I hear them in warm up, and I, you know. But when they got to that phrase, it says, "Noel, come and see what God has done." Wow. Hasn't God done something amazing? And it wasn't for Christmas trees and and Christmas shows and lights and gifts. I mean, God has done something amazing. And that's what I want to rally around. This stressful thing, it's a sign of the times. The Bible says in the last days, perilous times will come. Second Timothy 3. It's going to happen. Jesus said in the last days, there'd be wars and rumors of war all the time. Nations would rise up against nations. There'd be famines and earthquakes and pestilence. Pestilence is not a word we use today. Here's what it means. Fatal epidemic disease. Wow, Jesus said 2,000 years ago, this is how you know the end is near. All of this stuff is happening and it's ramping up. He said it's birth pains. It's coming more often. It's not that it never happened before, but it's happening more often with greater frequency, the same way birth pains do. This is what Jesus called it. And here's the truth. We are nearing the end of this age. I'm excited about it because I've read the back of the book and it's going to turn out just great for you and me. And here's what freaks me out, man. I, what I don't understand is, I don't understand Christians right now. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't understand Christians who would read this book and the book says, here's what's going to happen. Bad thing A, bad thing B, bad thing this, blah, 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 all this stuff's going to happen. Then Jesus is going to come and we're going to go to heaven and, and we're like, that's in our book. Then we pick up the newspaper and it reads like our book and somehow we're unhappy about that. I'm happy about it because the more chaos happens, the closer we're coming to the second coming of Jesus Christ. I'm going to leave this place. I'm going to a perfect place. Either we believe that or why are we here and what are we doing? I mean, it's not worth investing your life in some fairy tale that you just kind of hope for children's uh, stories will help your family a little bit. Man, this is my eternity we're talking about. It's your eternity we're talking about. And so I know that Jesus is coming soon. And as crazy as the people get, they're just reminding me Christ is coming soon. And here's what the Bible says will happen in the last days. Two things will happen in the church. We're seeing both of them. Number one, there'd be a great falling away. That's what the Bible says, a great falling away from faith. People who grew up with church or or in faith would would abandon their faith. They wouldn't serve. They wouldn't give. They wouldn't go. They wouldn't do the things that Christians do as disciples. They wouldn't value what the Bible calls right and wrong. There's a great falling away. Don't be angry about that. Don't get mad that unchristians are acting unchristian. That's what the Bible said would happen. There'd be a great falling away. But the Bible also said in the last days, there'd be a great end time harvest. People would come to faith. There would be like this dichotomy of people running away from God and people running to God at the same time. Two weeks ago, man, right here on this screen, I was showing you all those numbers of people who've come to faith through our church over the last year. We are witnessing the end time harvest, not only in our church, but around the world. And I say, come Lord Jesus. Man, I want to walk in faith and in hope. Now, 27 centuries ago, Isaiah wrote about Jesus and he said, when the Savior of the world comes, he will bring peace on earth. But we are struggling in 2021 to find peace. Is that right? Can you say amen to that? So here's what I want to do. I'm going to get into more of Isaiah's writing. I'm going to do some teaching on that. But I want to start out with giving you some hands-on, practical tips that you can start today to deal with the chaos that surrounds you and to have more of God's peace. Here's what I know. The people of God should not be stressed out. We shouldn't be 84%. We call ourselves a Christian nation. Then why are we walking in such chaos? So five things. I've got notes for you there. Follow along with me. Five habits to overcome stress and chaos. Number one, take a break from news, social media, and negative friends. Is that a good idea or is that a good idea? News, social media, and negative friends. They're just constantly hearing it all the time. You know, um, <clears throat> social media, uh, is, it, it, is, there's a lot of studies done on social media and how it increases stress, especially if you're a teenager. Man, the amount of stress it puts you under because it's all fake. It's just, it's a fake thing. Like, I, I'm not going to take a picture of me when my hair's all wonky and jacked up and, you know, I hadn't brushed my teeth and me and my wife are fighting. I'm not getting a picture of, you know, me doing like this. Hold on, baby. We're not, that's not the picture, okay? We're going to show you we all dress up. We look our nicest. We're in front of something awesome. That's, okay, that's a real picture that really happened, but that's not the totality of who we are. And you're dealing with that, and it's adding stress, especially if you're a student. Man, you need to, you need to cut this stuff off. 21 days of prayer and fasting is coming up in January. I'm so excited about that. I want to drop a seed of thought. Maybe you should fast social media for 21 days. Just get off of it for 21 days. I think it will decrease your stress level. Number two, practice active gratitude. Start today. And I've been doing this for years. I didn't call it active gratitude. I'm not really taught on it. But when I lay my head on the, on the pillow at night, the last thing I do, lights are out, I'm ready to go to sleep. I try to thank God for something that happened that day. I try to do it every night. You all do the same thing. Three things that you're thankful for. I, when I put my son to bed, I, I try to get him to tell me something he's thankful for. We're working on it because it's things like, you know, candy and Pokemon, but we're getting better at it, I hope. But, but, you know, active gratitude. You could sit down with your family and have everybody say something at the dinner table, or you could journal about it every night. But active gratitude will change the way you feel about your life. All right. Then, number three is to stay connected with what kind of family and friends? Life giving family and friends because you have other kinds of friends and family that are stress giving family and friends somebody say amen like you know what I'm talking about like those people that just suck the life out of you you need to be connected to godly people like that which is why daystar church is a church of small groups i want everybody in a life giving small group connected with people that are going to lift you up. They don't, they're not perfect. They don't have it all together. Neither do you, but they're focused on the positive and bringing life, man. There are groups that meet on Sundays, every day of the week, even when small group semester ends, you could be in a dream team, you know, where you're serving on the weekends or serving serve projects and you're connected with life giving people. Maybe you work with the opposite of this Honestly, maybe you live with the opposite of this. You need life-giving people in your life. Number four, give yourself a break. Often. I mean, take a break. Go outside. Go for a 15-minute walk and take a break. Leave your phone inside when you go for that walk. Did you know studies show if you leave your phone and go for a walk, you'll survive without it? I I, I did my own study. I tried it and it worked out like do that. Don't take your phone with you and just have it. Well, actually, I also heard that this year Americans are on pace to leave 768 million paid vacation days on the table. We're working so hard. We don't even take our vacation. Someone in this room, you're not taking paid vacation. Give yourself a break. Listen, we have a number of staff members, full-time staff members at our church. I want them all to take their vacation times. I know they'll serve better. They'll be better. They'll be a better member of the team. If they're refreshed, they've had Sabbath in their life. We want people to do that. Give yourself a break. Number five, stay focused on the big picture. Because most of the stressors in our life are small things. You know, social media stuff, it's arguments, it's delays, it's traffic issues, it's school projects, work projects, that person that gets on your nerves, right? But if you look at the big picture, man, the big picture is your family. And maybe your family is what's got you stressed out right now, but they're still your family, and you love them, and they love you. Focus on that. Stay focused on your faith. Man, no matter what's going on right now, you have faith in a God who is eternal, and your life is eternal. Focus on that. Focus on more important things like your future. it might be bad right now, but God's promise to give you hope and a future, Jeremiah 29:11. And, and so if you're stressed out, it's probably because you're looking at the minutia and you're not looking over the horizon. So take this list home, and today, put all five things into practice, because I want to talk about and live with peace in my life. So the question today, my, my title, today's message is, Is peace still possible? Isaiah says when Jesus comes, he's going to bring peace on earth. Well, is that still possible? You know, Isaiah talked about the coming of Jesus, and he's also the one that wrote these words right here, Isaiah chapter 26. And he's speaking about God. I want you to help me out here. I want you to say the words that are underlined when I get to them, okay? So help me just to to emphasize those words. He's speaking to God, and he says, God, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you and all whose thoughts are fixed on you. So trust in the Lord always for the Lord God is the eternal rock. What an interesting idea. Perfect peace. I I wanted to underline that because we're not that familiar with perfect peace. I feel like we know temporary peace or imperfect peace, you know, or conditional peace. If the conditions are right, I'm, I'm walking in peace. You know, your student, man, you're going to school. You got all dressed up. The cute boy noticed. He asked you out, man, I am at some Holy ghost peace right now. <laughs> you find out he's a knucklehead, no peace in your life. That's conditional peace, right? You're, you you know, you go for the promotion. You got the promotion, man, this is amazing. I get a pay raise. Perfect peace. You found out the promotion comes with 20 extra hours because now you're on salary. Now I don't have any peace. That's the kind of peace we usually have. This is talking about perfect peace. Not conditional, not temporary. And this is the only peace that comes from God. Now the word in the Hebrew, I've put in your notes there, is the Hebrew word shalom. In fact, the Hebrew, the, the, the Jews today use it as a greeting, you know, a hello or a goodbye. They say it, everybody say it with me. Shalom. It means peace, but it's more than temporary peace. It means wholeness. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm whole. I'm at peace. Completeness or fullness of peace. This is complete and perfect peace. No fear about tomorrow. What's going to happen tomorrow? Am I going to be okay? Does God still love me? Can he forgive what I've done? Does he hear my prayers? No. When you're at peace with God, there's none of that in your, in your heart or in your mind. There's no anxiety. Am I going to make it? Is this, is this going to be okay? You know, I, I've noticed that people that are at peace are not as likely to freak out and get frazzled about things. Something goes wrong in your life, you just go nuts and you freak out about it. Something is not working out. You, you, you're, you're at peace, then you're just going to let that slide because you know ultimately I'm, I'm okay. Okay. I'm set. God loves me. He has a plan for my life. I'm still going to be blessed. And at the end of the day, I'm going to be okay. Is that, is that what you have? Or are you more likely to kind of freak out on people or go off the edge when something goes wrong? The original Hebrew, when it says God will keep in perfect peace, it actually says God will keep in perfect shalom, shalom. If you read the Hebrew Bible, it says the word peace or shalom twice. And in the Hebrew language, Like like, two word, one plus one for us equals two. But in the Hebrew, it's like one plus one is a hundred. It's like it's multiplied. So so God is saying, I'm going to give you so much peace. I'm going to give you way more than you need. That's a beautiful promise. Like more than a double portion of peace. Now, why would God, this is a good question for you. Think with me. Why would God in this season of time give you more peace than you actually need? Because 67% of people you know are stressed out and they need some peace. You need to be sharing peace. You need to be the person that when you enter the room, calm happens. Peace is felt. When you enter the room, everybody relaxes because you are a carrier of peace. You have fixed your eyes on God. He has given you peace. Shalom, shalom, a double portion, extra portion of peace. So not only can you have peace, you can share peace with other people. That's why you need to stay connected with life giving people because they can share some peace with you and you need to be a life giving person so you can share some peace with others. Now, perfect peace doesn't mean the absence of trouble in your life. Can I hear an amen to that? Doesn't mean it's all going well for you. Jesus said, In this world, you will have trouble. Uh, th- that's John 16. It's always gonna happen. Doesn't mean your marriage is not gonna be rocked. Doesn't mean your finances are not gonna be in trouble. It doesn't mean that you're not gonna get bad news from the doctor or worry uh, about something like that. But here, if there's like the whole message in one sentence, if I could give you the whole thing, here's what it is. And I put this in your notes. Peace isn't found in the absence of problems. Peace is found in the presence of God. If you're waiting on the problems to go away, to finally be at peace, to finally be at rest, to put a smile on your face, man, you're not going to get there. But when you realize God is with me, God is on my side, I am in his presence, everything is going to change. You might be saying, man, you don't understand. My marriage is a mess. Where's the peace in that? My finances are upside down. Where's the peace in that? I got pornography problem in my home. I'm dealing with an addiction to substances. Where's the peace in that? Well, Isaiah actually tells us how and where to find God's peace. And it comes down to a battle of the mind. It says, you will keep in perfect peace. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. Perfect peace, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. That's the question of the day. What are your thoughts fixed on? What are you thinking about? In other words, when, when you have free time, when, when, when you have uninterrupted time, what does you, your mind uh, float over towards? What, what is your mind fixed on most of the time? The Bible doesn't say that if your thoughts are fixed on CNN and Fox News, you're going to have perfect peace. In fact, I could just about guarantee you, you will not have peace. And if your thoughts are fixed on social media, there's no promise that you're going to have peace. There's just no promise for that. In fact, that's a promise you're not going to have peace. When you're focused on those things, and I want to say to to my friends, I've got some friends who are of the same political persuasion that I am. I know you are because you keep sending me all the messages. Thank you. (laughs) Let me tell you, you're focused too much on it. I'm just going to tell you that. Well who do you think you are? I'm your pastor, My job is stand on the wall and point out where the enemy's coming from. He's coming in your social media feed. And you're focused too much on that. The Bible says if you will fix, focus, point all of your hope on Jesus, you can have peace. But I, you're fixed. Some of you are fixed way too much on politics. And there is no peace in that. Even things like your future, if you are fixed on your future, man, everybody says it. Focus on your future. Don't get so tied up in today. Look at your education. Make good decisions. Focus, focus on your future. That's kind of good advice. But man, above all of that, you got to fix your eyes on God. Say, "God, God, what does my future look like in your will? God, what do you want my future to look like? Father, how can I get away from all these decisions and just be in your presence and find your peace? There is no promise to focus on other things. Maybe you've got bad news from a doctor. It's a health issue. He says you need to work on your eating or your exercise. Those are important things. But if you're fixed on your health and not fixed on God, that's never going to get you there. I know people, some of you, uh, that you're fixed on your outward appearance. Uh, Thankfully, you're not sending me messages, but you're sending everybody else your pictures of everything. And look how I did. I worked out today. Count all my six-pack abs. Listen, I got just as much as you. It's just one ab, one big ab. Okay, right? And I'm not taking pictures of it, thank God. You know, but if you're fixed on that, that's a good, healthy thing to be healthy and work out and exercise, and it's a stress reliever. You ought to do that. But if that's your focus, there is no promise that supernatural, unconditional peace of God is gonna come out of all those things. You've got to fix your eyes on God. That word fix in the Hebrew is samak. Samak. And it means to lean completely and to fully rest oneself. Everybody say fully. Fully Fully rest on him. And if you're trusting in Jesus and something else, you're you're diluting the product. It's just Jesus. Jesus and a person. Jesus and your spouse. Jesus and your job. Jesus and money. Jesus and your health. Jesus and your image means nothing. You've got to focus on him. What is your mind focus on when you're not working and you're not busy? Does it go to news or does it go to that annoying person on social media? What did they say today? Man, just do yourself a favor. Unfollow in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Just get them out of your life. Make yourself happier. And here's a verse I want you to take. Actually, where's my notes? So we gave you these, these notes right here. This verse right here is on the back, I think. Yes. Fix. Here's the word again. What's the first word? Everybody say it with me. One, two, three. Fix. 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 It's the Old Testament. It's the New Testament. Fix your thoughts on these things here. What is, and I want you to, I want you to say it out loud. Help us focus on the words that God wants us to fix on eyes on. Right, okay, so when I get to it, say it with me. Fix your thoughts on what is true. true and on what is honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Those are the things we're supposed to be fixed on. We're supposed to be focused on those things. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And then everybody say, then everybody shout it as loud as you can. Then and only then will the God of peace be with you. That's the only way. So here's what we like to do. We like to take our favorite Bible verse and pick little pieces of it and like cut it out and we just go like, the God of peace will be with you. There's my favorite Bible verse. I'll put it on a bumper sticker and a t-shirt and God up in heaven is like, whoa, that's not exactly the way I said that. I said, if you would discipline your eye and man, it's hard. Yeah, you're, you're trying to look at something and somebody goes crazy over here. I like to see crazy. You don't see crazy every day. Oh, I wonder what that crazy person is doing over there. No, the good news is if you miss this one, you get another one in five minutes in 2021. Crazy's happening here, there, yesterday, tomorrow. God says, discipline your eyes and focus on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. In fact, I'll have a vision that you will take these notes and you will cut out that passage right there and you will tape it somewhere where you can see it. Whenever you've got thinking time, put it on the mirror as you're getting ready in the morning, put it in the dash of your car when you're sitting at a red light. Hey, take a picture of it or look it up on the Bible app and screenshot it. Make it your home screen to remind yourself, this is what I need to be thinking about. This is this is my In fact, there are rumors that that not everybody takes the notes home. I can't confirm that, but they might be dropped in the recycle box out back. You might need to grab five or six of these and tape it all over. Okay. So that you don't forget that there's a promise. If I will discipline my eye on these things, then God's going to send his peace, not just his peace, but look, it didn't just say peace will be with you, but what the God of peace God's going to be there. God doesn't just make you feel better, man. God changes things. He heals things. He restores things. He turns things around. There's one case in history where he made uh, he, he made the sun stand still, and he changed time. Man, he's like Superman that went backwards around the earth so fast it went backwards, except God really did it. I don't think he went around, but he stopped the planet. Like, when this God shows up, anything is possible. But now, if this is true, can we all agree this is true? Say amen if you do. If this is true... Then the opposite of this would have to also be true. What's the opposite of true? Lies, lies, or false. How many of you know you can really focus on false statements right now? There's plenty of that. I, I, I've, I've been guilty of that. I'll see the, the the side I don't agree with, or my enemy saying something, and I'll see what he did wrong. That's just a lie right there. I can prove it to you. I know none of y'all don't do that kind of stuff right. So I'll just move on. But if you're focused on lies instead of truth, then the God of peace will not be with you. And if you're focused on things that are dishonorable, is there some dishonorable stuff going on in our culture today? Can you believe this? Can you believe that's going on? I can't believe you're focused on dishonorable things. Then the God of peace will not be with you. Is there things that are wrong? (laughs) just like scripture says in the last days, they'll call things that are good, evil and they'll call things that are evil. Good. We're living in that day. Is there a lot of impurity in the world? Could you focus on that? Ugly things, not lovely things, not admirable things, not excellent, not worthy of praise. If you focus on those things, the God of peace will not be with you. So here's what's happening in the American church today. American church, man, there there are millions of Christians in church this morning. There ought to be the, the world ought to be covered up with smiling faces. People at peace. People who enter into a stressful environment and fill it with peace. People who enter into a chaotic place and fill it with calm. But we're not that way because instead of doing this, we've done the opposite of this. And so instead of getting this, we've gotten the opposite of this. I'm preaching. I got three week amens and that was good preaching right there. (laughs) Did you get that? If I had time, I'd rewind it for you, but I don't have time. When we do the opposite of what God's word says, we get the opposite of what God wants us to have. Now, here's here's the last thing I want to say. Jesus wants you to have real peace. Here's what he said. Peace, I leave you. My peace. Not, he says, I don't give you what the world gives. So don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. God wants you to have his peace. His peace is not the absence of problems. It's the presence of God. God's peace. What does God's peace look like? God's peace looks like that story in the New Testament where Jesus was with the disciples on a, on a sea. And I've been on that sea in a small boat. And they they say that things uh, on the Sea of Galilee change in a second. Like it's a bright and sunny day and everything looks good. And then overnight, because of the heat, or not overnight, but in a moment, like five minutes, clouds roll in, Wind starts to blow, lightning crashes, the waves get up, your boat is dumped over. And in the first century times where where Jesus lived, a lot of people died on that sea. Well, Jesus was with him in a boat that day. The, The New Testament tells us about it. And it was crazy. Like, they were afraid for their life. Experienced sailors were afraid for their life. And what was Jesus doing? Sleeping. He was taking a nap. I mean, he is the ultimate chilled out dude. And they say, don't you even care that we're we're about to die? Wake up, Jesus. And and so like, think about a hurricane and a boat going crazy. And Jesus is like, oh, what's up? (laughs) Jesus, don't you care that we're about to die? And Jesus gives what he is. You can't give what you're not. You can't give what you don't have. Jesus is Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace, so he gives peace. See, some of you are stressed out, so you give stress. You think you're coming into a situation. You're going to, I'm going to straighten this out. This is a mess. This is chaos. No, you're adding stress because you can't give what you don't have. You want to put a place at ease. You got to spend time away from the details in the presence of God. When he sets you at rest, you can bring rest. Until you get at rest, you won't bring rest. Because Jesus was peace. He stepped up and he simply said, peace. He prophesied peace. And then he commanded the waves, be still. And see, this is the thing, God, this is the peace he wants you to have. I want to give you my peace. And and it wasn't temporary. It wasn't a mental thought because he literally changed the circumstances around them. They safely made it to the shore. He changed everything. Here's your your, uh, step-by-step plan of how to get there. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. In every situation, with prayer. See, this happens in every situation. Do you know who wrote this? A guy named Paul, who was about to be beheaded. He was in prison, waiting to have his head chopped off. And he says, hey, everybody, calm down. Chill out. Don't be anxious about anything. Here's what you do. You pray. You talk to God about it. Live a lifestyle of thanksgiving. We talked about that, didn't we? Live a lifestyle of gratitude. Practice active gratitude. And then you present your request to God and the peace of God, not the peace of man, not the peace of this world, and it transcends understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. The peace of God, not peace of this world, the peace of God. What that tells me is the world didn't give it to me the world can